0: Welcome to Small Business Matters with Alexi Boyd. Whether you're listening live on the Community Radio Network or via podcast, here's the show where you learn from experts, be inspired by journeys, and discover more about making your small business a success. I'm Alexi Boyd, broadcaster, advocate, and small business owner. Let's meet today's guests. Now today's guests are Danielle Owen Whitford, is the founder of Pioneera, and we're going to be chatting to her about using HR and talent management software to help navigate the new working from home environment. And Braden Voigt, the founder of Lynx, is going to help us chat about the latest developments in software which small businesses need to know about. Welcome to the show, Braden and Danielle.
1: Hi. Thanks for having
0: us. Now, I will say, everybody, we have got these guys on Zoom, so they're not in the studio with me, so please uh, bear with us when it comes to the sound, but we're going to do our best. Let's go to you, Danielle, first and talk about, um, look, this crazy situation we find ourselves in and the way small business has been absolutely thrown into the um, the the crazy the craziness of, of working um, from home, working with teams that are s- separated away from the office. Fundamentally, um, what's the biggest problem problem I think small
1: businesses are dealing with right now? So I think, Alexi, it's been such a massive change for everyone and completely unexpected. So um, the thing that I, certainly from our conversations with our customers what we're seeing is that small businesses have significantly less resources than big companies. Um, And so that puts a lot of pressure on a small business to say, well, how am I going to change as the environment changes, but also as my business changes? So some people are seeing cash flow dropping off. Um, They're seeing uh, people having to change the way that they work because they've got kids at home. So it's a significant impact for those businesses. And usually the person that owns the business is running the business. So they're having to deal with all of that themselves. There's a huge amount of pressure on the business owner. So that's what we've seen playing out over the last kind of, you know, almost six months. I think the initial panic has subsided a little bit now because we're sort of into this is the new world and how do I deal with the new world? So people are taking proactive steps, but it's a huge amount of pressure on that small business owner right now.
0: And what you mentioned in particular about small business owners, sort of wearing all the hats and having all that pressure on themselves, we don't have the time and certainly not the cash flow right now to instigate um, a new member of staff to look after HR, which would normally be looking after all these things like, you know, a mental health awareness for our staff and and working from home and getting the facilities up and running. So is is it best to have an approach where you go for the process driven approach or do you wait until problems occur and then try and solve them as you go? What do you recommend to your clients?
1: So look, I always think prevention is better than cure. So if you can get ahead of an issue, not only do you prevent it, but if it happens, it seems to be a lot smaller than what it could have been otherwise. Um, I think all business owners have been in a position where we're trying to do service recovery to fix something that actually just adds more stress. So where you can get ahead of something, I think you definitely should. I think though, it doesn't have to be bigger than Ben Hur. So I would advise people to start with small steps. So if you've got something that you think you need to do, just start talking to your team about it. There are some great resources out there. So, lots of companies are starting to put education in the market. They're putting tools and tips into the market. We can find a lot online these days. You know, Dr. Google helps us sort out a lot of things these days. So, at the very first instance, you can Google some things that you're concerned about and you can find some tips usually. So,
0: yeah, start small. And there's great organisations out there that are government agencies like... Like Beyond Blue, who can support uh, small businesses, and also their advisors um, with some great strategies as well. Yourself, self-pioneer has got some great um, tactics there as well. What about those um, day-to-day issues, the real process stuff that happens with, uh, I guess, being, I guess, being part of a, an, an an organization that has things flying at it all the time? How do you deal with staff that are at home and trying to cope with? Uh, working from home and being isolated. What what tips would you give for, for people trying to manage staff in that capacity?
1: Yeah, I think um, a couple of things I would say. So firstly, is get some education. So again, you mentioned government resources. The government do have some great resources. So they've got some small business um, tips on their website, you know, the the government website. So go and have a look around. They've got some good things. Companies like Employment Hero have lots of tips and they have lots of sort of, you know, downloadable worksheets you can work through things. So firstly, go and have a look at what already exists. You don't need to recreate the wheel. The second thing is to remember, as you said, Alexi, people are isolated. so now we have to make more of an effort to communicate than we ever have before. So what my team uses, I'm, you know, I have a small business, there are seven of us. What we use is we use Slack and we use Google Meet um, as a way of getting together. And we just put into place immediately, as soon as COVID hit and we moved to work from home, we did a daily check-in. So we've got 15 minutes every morning, we would just get online, everyone has a one-word check-in. It usually ends up being, you know, a, a fun laugh, sort of replacing the water cool a conversation but in that 15 minutes, I can get a sense of where people are at. And sometimes I do a follow-up with them. I do a phone call afterwards and say, talk to me about what's going on. So you have to make an extra effort to communicate at this time. Um, and you can look for things in that communication. So look for body language, look for people actually making eye contact through the camera, look for people turning on their cameras. If someone doesn't turn on their camera, then that's a sign to me that something's going on. Looking for people to contribute in that conversation, an online conversation is different from a face-to-face one. You have to ask questions and then sit back and wait for people to respond. And that's you know a bit diff- different from what we would do in face-to-face. So they're the sorts of things you can look for and then see what you need to do to follow up. But a simple process like that can help you actually stay in touch with your team. And as you said, there are other digital tools to help. So we built our bot to be able to help business owners and managers understand what's going on and sense what's going on with their team when they're not there. So look to tools like that that give you kind of like a helping hand.
0: Yeah, and, and I suppose that um, despondency and people pulling back and not being as communicative, just like it is in real life, um, it, that can be an indicator that something is wrong and you need to put on your emotional energy hat and, and support your team in that way. Brayden, you come into this conversation in a really different perspective because you're um, you're coming at it from a recruitment level. You work with software that assists small, medium businesses with recruiting staff. What advice in that scenario would you give um, business owners uh, to support support their staff
2: in, in the current times we're in? Uh, well, as Danielle mentioned before, the tools like Slack um, and Teams, we, uh, over the last six months, well, actually since we started the company, we, we've we been actually using those tools, but just changing the way they use those tools now um, basically has enabled the, the team nationally to work better together. We've also started doing quite a few things around, um, for example, we recently started a program to have all the staff build models um, so we went down to, uh, you know, hobby place, bought models for everyone, and it was a way of getting the team to work together, especially when they're not seeing each other, they're not face-to-face, they're not on client sites. So just leverage to the tools, they, they can do so much, um, and make sure you've got the right tools. So, you know, Teams might not work for everyone. Slack might not work for everyone. So there are so many tools out there you can use. It's just a matter of finding the right one for your business.
0: And is it a good idea to go to other similar businesses? You might have, you know, created relationships with people who are in a similar industry to yourself. Talk to them or maybe talk to professional associations, find out what they recommend?
2: Definitely, definitely. You can't get, you know, uh, speaking to other business owners, understanding what they're using, the challenges that they've had with those tools, Uh Well, you know, best information you can get um, from another business owner. You know, there's been a a range of tools we've changed um, as a result of COVID, just simple things like the way we use LinkedIn and our automation strategy around LinkedIn. Um, The way people are buying these days is very, very different to, you know, before COVID. Um, now you've got to try and work with every client you've currently got, get the meth that maximise those clients because uh, you might not have the opportunity to go and shake a hand with uh, you know, a new client. Um, a lot of them are against that at the moment. So it's how do you continue to sustain what business you have and grow your business? You need to try and do that through the clients you have. But definitely talk to as many other organisations as you can around the tools they use and how they're using them. Um, and see what you can adopt in your own business.
0: I know there's a lot of organisations out there who are organising uh, daily check-ins or chats or even weekly check-ins. Get onto those calls, particularly if it's groups of people that you can um, relate to, other business owners in your field, or if your professional organisation is is doing that, because that's a great source of information where you can share ideas and, and share these sort of online tools. Now, Braden, you mentioned um, growing a business. Now, I'm sure a lot of listeners out there at the moment are thinking, my God, who on earth is growing their business? But recruitment is still an aspect of um, of growth and that we need to consider, obviously, as small business owners. And if anything else, having this down period means it's a good opportunity to nail that recruitment process while you're not recruiting. So on both sides, you can look at it that way. So in times of crisis like this, um, what would be the some good recruiting or onboarding tips you'd give to people,
2: Brayden? Brayden, um, so we've we've just actually started hiring again ourselves. So um, we've added uh, a couple more people to the team in the last uh, four weeks. What was that and like? How, um, how
0: how was that? How was that employing people in these times? <laughs> what did you do?
2: Uh, it, well, so we have a very unique uh, culture um, within the organisation and we, like I said before, around the models, we do a lot at Christmas time. Um, so we have an, an off-site where we take the, you know, the staff, their families as well, come along to this. Not sure what we're going to do this year, yeah. which will be a bit of a challenge, but <laughs> um, a lot of these things are, you know, basically if we've got the right... We've got the right tools, um, then it makes it a bit easier for us to hire the right people. But one thing that we do, when we've done it for years, and it's enables to get the right people, is code reviews. Um, so when we bring a new individual in the organisation, for them it appears like it's just a code review. They're, they're writing a simple application. But it looks at a range of things like how they structure their code, do they comment their code, um, do they take attention to detail. And we find that if they do those things, they will work very well within the team environment. If they don't do those things, we know that culturally they're not going to fit within the organisation. But our marketing to get these people was not only doing it on uh, LinkedIn and doing it on Seek, uh, but just word of mouth. So our consultants were talking, other consultants in the industry, we were talking at different events as well that were basically... Continuing to build our brand, uh, but enabling us to get the right talent in the organisation at the right time. Danielle,
0: I can see you so, nodding. Danielle, I can see you nodding your head there. You're talking about uh, you're agreeing with Braden with the way that you build a team at these weird times. Um, do you agree this is a good time to take a step back and think about uh, the value system and what it is that you want to to recruit more people later on or, or now?
1: Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Um, I think that you know we've always, I've always recruited for values. I've been in business for a long time so we've always recruited based on values and intent and alignment with the business and the skills we can teach. The challenge now as Brayden said is that you're not sitting with people so it's harder to teach some of the skills so that's been an interesting sort of evolution for us. We've taken a very similar approach to Brayden we've looked at alternate channels so one thing that's worked well for us is that we've talked to our team about the fact that we need a role over here and so they've actually referred a couple of people so and people tend to refer people that are, are of same values and of same like-mindedness that doesn't always work out but in our instance at just as COVID hit um, it was a good way to build out the team a little bit more Um, and we make sure when we're interviewing people you know Braden talked about doing the code review we actually have a similar process where we we talk to people but we just talk to them broadly about what they've done and what they're passionate about and where they want to go And, and if I'm in that instance, seeing passion for mental health and passion for helping people and passion for using technology to do that, then we know they're going to be the right fit for our company. So that's just a way we've taken it forward. Brayden, do you
0: think that the um, typical small business owner is finding it more difficult, um, I guess, from an, an EQ point of view to try and hire people when all they're getting is online? Because so much of what we do, Running a business and being a small business owner is done on instinct, um, and is done yeah. on gut feel. Uh, how how do they get over that that difficulty of trying to read someone on a screen?
2: Uh, it's it's difficult, which is which is why we have um, these code puzzles, which does give us this, uh, I guess, additional information on top of their technical ability. Um, but you need that that. Face to face. If it's on Teams and that's you know that I guess gets you part of the way, we actually have a four-step process or interview process um, for anyone joining the organisation, and we've found that has worked prior to COVID and working still with COVID. Um, it's it is a challenging one I think in the yeah in any landscape to to try and get individuals that that have that EQ that can communicate well that um, I guess also can work well within the team um Mm -hmm. i think we've all as as you know business owners made mistakes along the way we've hired you know the wrong people but we learn from those things and hopefully we can on the next person we hire we don't you know make those same mistakes again but it just takes time Um, there's a lot of people in the market at the moment that are that are looking for jobs um which also makes it a little bit more challenging to find the right people because you'll you know, we put an ad out from a marketing person and had 90 people respond to it. Wow. Um, just, in, just in Brisbane. So to try and get that right person, um, it is more challenging now with that. But stick to, you know, as Danielle said, core values. Um, if they align to what you're trying to achieve within the business and for your, for your clients as well, um, then, yeah, they should definitely... Uh, and they have the technical capability they should fit within your organisation.
0: I like that four-step approach where you've got the, you know, the the technical request. So you're trying to find out what their technical ability is. You've got the EQ side, which is the interview. Um, what were the other two steps that form part of it? Is it the onboarding process itself or bringing them into the team?
2: Yes, yeah, so our first step is a HR interview. So it does shouldn't feel like a HR interview, but it, it is. <laughs> our second one is a, uh, a co-puzzle. Um, the third interview is a interview with one of the, the lead consultants or a principal consultant, and it's to make sure that they'll fit within the team mm-hmm. um, or the leads that they'll, they'll be working with. And the last one is very informal. We don't do it in an office. Um, we might take them to a coffee shop. We might take them to a pub for a beer. Um, and we do that basically to get them out of the environment of sitting in an office in an interview environment because we find people get very nervous, um, they won't communicate well, whereas if you remove that barrier, they're a lot more open um, and you'll find a lot more about them and that whole EQ side comes out and then they can actually, I guess, have a good conversation with you and we find by doing that, we're getting the right people. Um, If we didn't do that last step, they'd be sitting there nervous. They they wouldn't communicate um, well and they may not get the job off that final interview just because of that step. So... We've, we've implemented that to make it very different. And yeah. that's our full step process.
0: A, a glass of beer always does assist in the um, <laughs> relaxation process as well.
2: <laughs> yep, definitely.
0: Exactly. Look, we're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters. And when we come back after the break, um, I want to talk some more to Danielle and Braden about the Small Medium Business SMB conference coming up on the 20th and 21st of October and what they're going to be speaking on. You're listening to Triple H. We'll be back after this. This episode of Small Biz Matters is proudly sponsored by the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman's Office. Led by Kate Carnell since its establishment only four years ago, Aspifio has provided education, advocacy and support, including free assistance if a small business is involved in a dispute. The office also provides assistance for disputes that fall under the franchising, dairy, horticultural and oil industry codes. Kate Carnell, as an independent advocate for small business owners, has the legislative power to influence our nation's lawmakers, ensuring legislation and regulations are put in place to help small businesses grow and in these times, survive. Small businesses are the engine room of the economy and it's Aspifio's role to do all they can to ensure they have the freedom to innovate, employ and thrive well into the future. So when they're in the room today and we're talking to speakers from the upcoming SMB conference, which is on the 20th and the 21st of October, we've got a Braden Voigt who is here talking all about, I guess, recruitment and the concerns and the the questions that are happening around the COVID space and how small business owners can dig their way out of this hole and and what they can do to support themselves and their staff. Brayden, let's talk a little bit about the tech that um, you can implement. Before the break, we mentioned Slack and we mentioned Google Hangouts and all those typical process-driven things that we can implement at the time um, when you're working with a team. But what about implementing a team or other software that you can suggest in the HR space?
2: Um, so, I think generally across the business, um, in this, this, I guess in this day, the challenge uh, is, and I did allude to it before, is getting new clients. Um, and then basically maintaining those clients. So different tools. Like we actually changed our CRM system recently, and we've gone through a massive amount of change ourselves. And um, you know, we've grown um, at the end of COVID, or in the last you know, month. Um, we need a new CRM system, so we use Zoho. Um, we we're, were using Teams, but we shifted to Slack. Um, we introduce uh, automation tools in uh, LinkedIn, uh, to basically target uh, new net new clients, as well as a tool to track what we're doing in our current clients. So prior to COVID, we were talking to them and basically making sure that they were getting the best outcomes with us. But at the moment, with it so hard to talk to new clients, you need to maximise the clients you or the return from the clients you have. And tools will enable you to do that. One thing, in addition to that, I'm seeing organisations neglect significantly is the data that they've got. Uh, if you've been running for three, four, or five years, you will have collected a lot of data about could be buying patterns from clients, depending on how you operate your business. If you've got an e-commerce system, how long they're spending on the site, retention of that cost that customer on the site, um, through to the purchasing um, habits of that client. Use that data that data can be used for marketing purposes. You can target specific campaigns to those individuals. So I go back, uh, look at the, the tooling you have. doesn't necessarily mean you need to change it, but assess the way the tooling is working for you now and is it working best in this time of COVID and the way that the buying patterns have changed for, for clients and Uh, organizations.
0: So it sounds to me like using this if you are experiencing this downtime is a great opportunity to look at your CRM um, and your user patterns and almost the mind maps that your clients and you go on uh, as a journey for want of a better word um, through the process and then sort of tweaking it but also looking at the data that sounds to me like a really important powerful tool you've got the information there actually use it. But what would you say to the small business owner who goes, okay, I've got this information. I don't even know where to start unpacking it. How do you begin that process, Brayden?
2: Um, So that's where consultancies uh, come in to to assist. So what we've done with a lot of organisations is to sit down with them and understand what they actually have to start with. Um, A lot of business owners um, will say, yes, we've got heaps of data, but they don't necessarily know to the degree of that, you know, as to what data they actually have. A lot of that comes down to it'll be the tech department that'll be managing it, um, and not the actual CEO. So they'll know they'll have client name, they might have their address, they might have their phone number, but there's other things like I said before, the actual buying patterns from the e-commerce platform, which gets tracked in in most systems. Um, so being able to once you've got that that data. Um, defining campaigns so it could be a linkedin campaign it could be even modifying uh, the actual e-commerce system to target some specific um, product so you're upselling another product while a client is on your site procuring a a product Um, so tweaking that and we're doing quite a bit of work around that at the moment for a few organizations that are basically going our volumes increase but we know we can get more out of those clients how do we do that uh, you can use Google Analytics to track, you know, click through and click rates. And there's a whole range of tools that, that do that sort of stuff. So, but start at the front end. Yeah. Start where it's going to grow your business. Don't, you know, yeah, having a new CRM um, will be great. You know, using Slack and Teams, they help your business run. But if you're talking about growing and want to grow, you need to get that front end right first. Um to enable you to scale.
0: I like that expression, using something at the front end. If you know something's going to help you build, then do that first and then the other stuff you know, might come later when you've got the opportunity to take a step yeah. back again. Danielle, um, let's go to you now. I wanted to ask you about um, software implementation. It's, it is a big, I guess, step for small businesses to undertake. It's hard to think about implementing it or taking that first step. What's the mindset that you need to be able to take um, a step in that direction? Yeah, I
1: think the biggest challenge for small business owners is time. So how do you find time? How do you create time? How do you carve out some time to think? Because taking on anything new requires you to create some space in your brain to take that to take that on. So the first thing I advise people is just try and find some time. So where is that time in the day? Is it half an hour in the morning, half an hour at lunchtime where you can actually do some proper thinking and get out of the office? So Braden talked about interviewing people get out of just get out of your you know go into the backyard go into the street whatever because you think differently when you're away from your desk so if you can get that mindset then you can start to think about okay what am I going to what am I going to do differently and then you're willing to take that leap um, I agree with Brad and look at the front end of what you need to do to your business but also if you can create time in the way that you run your business then that's a good thing to consider so if you know you can use automatic payments through Stripe you can look at systems like Trello or Asana that help you manage process flows. so if you're doing work you can you know, streamline your process those are an easy particularly Trello and the like they're easy to set up and you can actually play with that and um and start testing does that technology work for me and that opens your mind to more complicated technology down the track so that's a, a step forward the other thing I found yeah. is that most um people have people in their business that want to do this so most people have someone that's really interested in wellness or they're interested in technology or they're interested in customers. And so you can sometimes find a champion within your business that can help you out. So I've got someone in the business that's very passionate about technology. So they look for different ways that we can actually serve, provide that to our customers. And they come to me and say, what about this? What about this? And then we take that on together. So that takes a bit of pressure off the owner as well, or the the CEO to have to do everything themselves.
0: I like that idea that you've got. I love that expression, carving out time <laughs> because when you say that and I if I put my small business hat on I go when when have I got time like after yeah. the kids are in bed on the weekend when I'm not supposed to be working and everybody tells me not to work but sometimes yeah. just getting the ball rolling you do need that time away from the office and schedule it put it in your diary block out Probably. the time
1: <laughs> but um, yeah, you literally need to put it in your diary and Otherwise, unfortunately
0: yeah and you're going to need to learn software which is going to take some time in order to buy back some time. So that, that mindset, I think is important. Look, guys, we've come up right up to the top of the hour for the news. I wanted to thank you so much for sharing with us your insight in and around software implementation, particularly in the HR space, but also in growth as well and carving out time. Thank you, Danielle. And I'd like to thank you both for coming on the program. Danielle, where can people find out a little bit more about the business and what you do?
1: Sure. Just go to com.
0: Fantastic. And Brayden, for yourself, how can people find out about your organisation?
2: Uh, www.links.com.au or have a look at us on LinkedIn. Um, There's heaps of information up there.
0: And both of those guys can be found on LinkedIn as well. Thank you joining us here on Small Biz Matters. We've come up right to the news. Of course, you can listen to all of our podcasts. There are over 180 to listen to and digest wherever you get your small business education. And don't forget to register for the SMB conference, which is coming up on the 20th and 21st of October. Full jam-packed, full of fantastic speakers like we've had on today. You've been listening to Small Biz Matters. We'll see you all next week this week's episode was proudly broadcast from triple h studios in sydney australia and sponsored by the office of the australian small business and family enterprise ombudsman if you've enjoyed listening go ahead and give us some thank you stars on your podcasting platform it would be much appreciated then head to the small biz matters website where you can listen to over 170 episodes read more about our speakers and find out how to become a media partner see you all next time